Welcome to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard, which is ironic because I'm going to talk to you in a second about Facebook. Coming up in just a few minutes, what really happens with your car when you have it at the repair shop? Well, I got some shocking stuff for you in today's Clark Rageous moment. And coming up yet later, I've got info for you on pain at the pump for travel this spring and summer. So Facebook has published a draft of its new privacy policy, and it's being widely panned by people in the digital community that it is much ado about nothing. And Facebook launched as a draft, almost certainly as a trial balloon, to figure out how much they were going to have to restrict or give you the ability to restrict your information in return for regaining trust with the public and at the same time, Facebook still making money. Well, the blog The Switch has an estimate of what it would cost you as an individual Facebook user if you paid them for all the revenue they would lose by keeping everything you put completely private where Facebook couldn't make any money from it. There would only be an, an opportunity for people to connect with friends and that kind of thing, follow celebrities you want to follow, whatever it is. But the estimate is how much. I asked my, uh, my team, because we meet each day before the show, and the digital team is there, TV is there, our off-air center, the radio crew, and the estimates about how much money Facebook makes off of each of its users ranged over crazy numbers with a couple of people on the crew thinking that Facebook was making in the thousands per year per person to the hundreds where, according to the switch, the answer is if you were willing to pay roughly $80 a year to Facebook as a member, that then they would be able to replace the income they would have made by leaving your settings as they are now. And I find that to be such an interesting number because with so many things we do now on our phones, on the internet, with stores, I mean, think about the apps that save you money as you're shopping. They're collecting information on you all through that process. You are trading your privacy in that case, your shopping patterns, in return for getting a lower price. Google giving away all the services they do for free. They're doing it in trade for the information they're able to collect on you and then feed you ads based on that information, right? Facebook trading on your patterns so thoroughly and generating this income of roughly 80 bucks a year. So the question is, 
we want to be able to use these things. Are we willing to pay as an option, and it should be just an option, where we would be able to turn it on or off? Yeah, we want our privacy. We'll pay for what we get from Facebook or Google or Apple or whoever. Or we don't want to pay and you do with the information what you wish. And to me, that gives you the ability to make choices. To say that Facebook has no right to make money from having this tool out there that many people find useful is not right either because they're not running a charity. So this is one of those things where you have to decide, and Facebook should give you that choice, how much your privacy truly is worth to you. On the wider issue of foreign actors interfering in the political process in democracies around the world, that is a real problem, and Facebook should be embarrassed and should be brought to account for participating in what has amounted in multiple places to a disrupting of democracy on behalf of evil players like dictator Putin and who knows else and who else in the world. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Chris. You face a dilemma saving for retirement. Yes. Uh, I listen to you uh, every day, and I hear you often say that if you have a 403B, you're usually uh, being charged too much. So um, I've quit contributing to the 403B offered through my uh, employer, and I was just wondering if I should leave the money I have in the 403B, or can I roll it over into something else? That is a great question, but what are you doing to save for retirement now that you're not doing the 403B? Well, that's this last week, so it's uh, in my bank account, just savings. Uh, until right. I, I'd like I you weather. to open your own Roth IRA that you contribute to each pay period or once a month and set it up okay. automatically where you fund that. How much have you been saving per month in the 403B? It's not much. It's about $400 a month. Well, then you're a perfect candidate to do the same thing into a Roth IRA. Okay. Because if you do a Roth IRA with one of the low-cost companies, you'll likely be paying one-twentieth of the expenses that you're paying in that 403B. Okay. So 403Bs are really uh, generally rotten terrible with all the fees that are stacked on top of fees and poorly disclosed as well. Now, let me add insult to injury. Your 403B may have a horrendous junk fee known as a surrender charge. Yes, it does. And do you know what level surrender charge you're under? If I were to surrender today, I would pay $500. Against money in the account of how much? 12000 So that is... Wow, that's almost 5% surrender charge? Yeah. Did I get that math? I did get that math right. So what you do in your case is time is your ally because the surrender charge wears away. And you may have money in there that's not subject to surrender charge at all even now. 
you've been putting 400 a month, you may have some money in there that's already free of surrender. Okay. So you have the right to find out, and they have to disclose it to you. They might not want to, but the insurer ripping you off in the 403B has to tell you how much of your money is at zero surrender. And so what Uh, you can do is you can roll over, like once a year, roll over what's no longer subject to surrender. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 8% year one, and then it goes down to 0% after eight years. Yeah, the 403Bs are complete trash, and it's another example about how people who are teachers and work at nonprofits get absolutely ripped off and that the Congress sold people down the river who educate our kids is just an insult and setting up the vastly inferior 403B plans for teachers and nonprofit workers versus what others get with a 401K. So that's why you're doing the right thing. And just do your Roth IRA with one of my ultra-cheap, low-cost companies. Okay. Well, thank you, Clark. I appreciate it. Sure. And check out, if you would, Chris, my uh, plan to setting up a Roth IRA at Clark.com. You'll know what to do next. Tonya is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Great. You got a question for me about uh, who you use for what things? Auto insurance, and I was looking at their website, and they have a travel privilege membership, and we were wondering if that was worth our money to join that and do their travel deals. Are you current military? My husband is uh, right. was uh, in the Army, and it's that's how we have the auto insurance. All right, because you're USAA. So the greatest benefits go if there are things that he's... So is he retired now, no longer in the service? Um, he, we, he was in the insurance. He was in the Army. He isn't retired. He was just in for... Um, four years so after his four-year hitch he's he's done so the test would be and the greatest potential benefit of booking travel through the usaa travel services they are so attuned to discounts that are available to military personnel i'm not familiar with whether or not they have a lot of discounts that are available to people that are prior service okay is there a trial period you could check it out, or how does the membership work? Well, it's through a um, another company that they allow to do this, I believe, and you pay a certain amount. What they quoted me was $2,299. You get travel certificates. One would be for a resort uh, certificate and one would be for a luxury cruise certificate or two regular cruises. So right. I am, I'm very nervous about what you're telling me. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't and, sound like USAA. Well, and I've looked at reviews, and some people are happy with the, what they get, and some people are not. And I've talked to people that on when I call, and some people say, the lady said, some people, if you want to travel, you do well, and you, if you book well, then, then it's worth the money. But if you, 
you know, if you wait too long to book, then you don't get your money's worth out certificates. All right. Well, so, I am, I, I find it, this to be a very unusual thing you're telling me because you're paying thousands of dollars up front to join a travel club. Mm-hmm. I would not do that. Well, you also get um, the benefits of the discounts on the air. Yeah, but, the- but who knows what they're actually providing as discounts. I, mm-hmm. I don't like for anyone to ever join a high upfront cost travel organization. That's what I was afraid of. Have you already done this? No, no. Okay. So that is, that's not my kind of way of booking travel. Mm-hmm. And I would discourage you from paying that money. I didn't know that this was a USAA offering, and mm-hmm. I'm going to look at the information on it, but mm-hmm. this is not how I advise, because the money you spend on travel should go to the travel itself. Yeah, and they give us points for just having auto insurance and doing certain things, and we can get discounts on hotels and resort or resorts and certain things, and you earn more points, and you don't have to do the membership travel, the, the privileged membership. All right. Well, I would suggest that you not pay for the membership because, I mean, you'd have to save a massive amount of money to make paying any kind of membership like that up front. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it, but it wouldn't change my answer. I just want to know more about how it works. And when you're looking for discounts on travel, there are so many ways now to save money on travel. And if you look at my travel section on Clark.com, you can read a lot of the strategies I use to save huge money on travel. And gosh, that's not going to cost you anything. Hey, Joel, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to call USAA and see what they have to say about this because I'm not familiar with this at all. Today's Clark Rageous moment is kind of a shocker, and it could happen anywhere to anybody, but a Mercedes customer took a Mercedes-Benz in for service at a dealership in Toronto and had a dash cam in the car, and the Mercedes-Benz dealership where they were having service done on the vehicle, the dash cam recorded the Mercedes employees taking the car out for joy rides, going to buy ice cream in the car, and charging for many hours of labor that was never performed on the car. Now, again, this could happen anywhere. It could happen with any car. And if you go online, you can look at lots of auto blogs, have video from the camera showing all the craziness going on at this Mercedes dealership with this customer's car. But I was thinking, reading this the story from one of the uh, car bloggers, how valuable dash cams are becoming in so many different ways that never occurred to me. And who knew that people would take a car joyriding who worked at a dealership? But the bigger thing and the more likely is that you'd be billed for time on doing a maintenance or repair job on your car that never actually happened. And so having a device in your car recording while a car is in the repair shop is something that is a smart way to verify 
that the work is actually happening. But smarter yet is I like for you to follow my steps about finding a good mechanic for your brand way before you need service on it. Not a repair shop, but a specific repair person that is somebody you know you can trust is better true serum than having a camera in your car recording what's not going on. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. The trend is not your friend at the gas pump. I'm looking at the latest price trends, and they are headed up, up, and away. And going back, I'm looking back a few years, and the prices are not so good. And the reason I'm looking at Gas Buddy right now, I'm looking at the price chart, and gas prices go up, down, up, down, up, down with seasonal factors. But the price is higher and higher and is now at the highest it's been in the last three or so years. Average around the country, according to Gas Buddy, is right at about $2.68 a gallon. Local conditions and taxes vary that a lot around the country, but the trend is higher and a lot of factors this time of year as we go towards Memorial Day, generally uh, till about the 4th of July, seasonal driving patterns lead prices higher, and then after that they head down. Uh, we've had some years recently where they peaked Memorial Day weekend and then went down through the summer driving season. Unusual. But this year is more likely to be a normal pattern, but going from a higher base. And there are two principal reasons why. One, we are driving more, substantially more. As the economy has improved, we're driving more. That alone obviously increases the gallons consumed. And second, the mix of vehicles being purchased has changed a lot. Passenger vehicles, you know, cars, used to be a majority of the market, and now, not long ago, and now cars are down to somewhere around a third of the market and falling as Americans have voted with their wallets and overwhelmingly switched to crossover utility vehicles and SUVs, and crossover utility vehicles are extremely fuel efficient for what they are but because of the design of them and the aerodynamics not being as good as you have in a car the fuel economy is declining now our fleet turns over about eight percent of vehicles per year so that is a factor that is a trend also it's not like all at once we consume more fuel as we get a different type of vehicle but one of our staffers went from driving a Prius hybrid that was averaging 54 miles per gallon to now driving an SUV that is averaging, uh, on a lucky day, around 22 miles per gallon. And that's just one person. But so many people 
with how low gas prices have been in recent years, have decided they want more comfort, more room, and a lot of times a higher view of the road to see around other vehicles. And so these factors together are leading to more consumption. And as you switch from a vehicle that gets better fuel economy to one that gets less fuel economy, that's a multiplier as well, raising your costs of fuel. And again, these things go in cycles. That's just the current cycle. And you should be prepared for not truly paying at the pump. This isn't like back when we've had enormous prices per gallon, but more of a pinch at the pump. Larry is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Larry. Hey, Clark. Larry, you got a question for me that is absolutely a pain. Tell me about it. Uh, yes, I am really concerned about the cost of hearing aids. I've got two elderly patients. My mother has, uh, who have two elderly parents, excuse me. Uh, my mother has currently got hearing aids, but they aren't working well. And when she went in to see her provider, they were saying that she would have to come up with about $5,000 to get to the next level. My dad is also getting very, very deaf, and I am concerned about how much he's going to have to pay to get his hearing aids set up. So I'm just wondering, Clark, why is it so expensive to get hearing aids? So it's because the United States had different rules than any other developed country. And so our hearing aids are generally 10 to 15 times the cost of hearing aids elsewhere, like as an example in Western Europe. And that's why with the advent of all the cheap flights to Europe, it's not unusual for someone who needs hearing aids to fly to Europe and be fitted for them there, and they get their whole trip and the hearing aids and still save thousands of dollars. But the good news, would you like some good news? I really would. The Congress passed a new law that is going to bring our costs for hearing aids more in line with the rest of the world. And so there's already, even though the, the regulatory agency that is responsible for writing the regulations is doing what they call in Washington slow walking to protect the hearing aid industry, eventually those rules will be written and Americans will be able to buy significantly cheaper hearing aids in the range of about $250 a year versus the $5,000 quote you said your mom was getting. Is that right? Uh, Yes. All right. Now, let me tell you, interim, what's going on that would save money right now. There's a product that is a a fully FDA-approved hearing aid called IHearMedical.com, I-H-E-A-R, medical.com. And yeah. their hearing aids are $399 a year. Uh, an ear. Did I say a year? I meant an ear. Yeah, $399 per ear. That is great. And so check that out. They have an FDA-approved hearing test that you can administer at home. In addition, at the leading edge of lower prices are the two warehouse club chains, Costco and Sam's Club, that are both introducing hearing aids that are a lot, lot cheaper 
than historically people have been able to buy, and they both broken the price barrier down to about fifteen hundred a set. Now that sounds much more reasonable. Either that, or I'm going to get take a trip to Europe. One or the other. Yeah, well, you know, that's the beauty of some of these offerings now is that Europe becomes an excuse instead of a reason. How about Canada? They have the same thing going you on. You know, there? that is a great question. No one has mentioned Canada as an alternative to me, and I've never read anything in any of the stories that I've read over the years about hearing aids about Americans benefiting from European prices by going to Canada for hearing aids. So I don't know, but, you know, that intrigues me, just like with the prescription drugs where they're so much cheaper in Canada and people who live in border states cross the border and get their prescriptions in Canada. I don't know if the same thing is true for hearing aids, but, Larry, I'll find that out. I love that. And why didn't I think of that? Thanks to you, Larry. That makes you a member of our team. Gigi joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Gigi. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? I'm good. Gigi, um, you're looking to save some money, and you got a thought for me. I've heard of some apps that go down each weekend to these apps. They invest it for you certain ways. And actually, my question was more of like the first time I looked it up, I thought, I wonder what Clark would think of this as far as like, for the security, because of the information you have to give them, like your credit card numbers and things like that. So, What kind of savings apps? Can you name some? Like Acorn or Stash. Acorns and Stash are great. I've talked about them in the past. You have to disclose that personal information because they are required under the law to go through a what's known as a know-thy-customer procedure. Uh-huh. And that's why you have to give that personal private information okay but as far as using them they both are great okay and the others that you would suggest or those at the top of the list well those two are in terms of investing those two do a great job there are some that are specifically for saving money is their primary thing and coins is one of those q o i n s Okay. Q-O-I-N-S dot I-O, not dot com. And okay. it's designed okay. to get you to save money as its primary goal. And so okay. I like all these as ways to automate getting us to save money that we might not do otherwise. I also like Robinhood. Have you ever heard me talk about Robinhood? I haven't, no. Robinhood is for someone who wants to buy and sell stocks. And you can buy and sell stocks commission-free on your Android or iPhone. And with your knowledge of the stock sort of thing? No, you need to, if you're going to get involved with Robinhood, you need to be someone knowledgeable about stocks where with things like Acorns, you don't have to be. Acorns uh, is designed where they are doing the investment portfolio for you with money you contribute or money they round up with your permission to build that money in savings. And Brooke is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Brooke. Hey, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, Brooke. Hey, my wife and I were recent subjects of identity theft. 
the credit card company, they did a great job resolving the situation and afterward asked us to file a police report with our local law enforcement, which we did. So I need to understand something from you before you go further. Was this an account you already had for a credit card, or did Crooks open an account as if they were you? No, this was an existing account. In fact, it was paid off for about four years in a lockbox. Well, this is great news because the least serious form of identity theft that exists is what's known as account takeover fraud. where a criminal goes after an existing account of yours instead of attempting to open new accounts as if they're you, which is a monster headache. Right. Well, they they asked us to file a police report with our local law enforcement, which we did, and then I asked them uh, whether we should close the account, but they declined to advise us one way or the other. But the follow-up letter from the police department encouraged us to do so, since I'm aware of how... Something like that will affect our credit report. I'm curious what your recommendation is. If they just issue you a new account number at the credit card issuer... That's what they did? That's perfect, and that's what you want them to do. Okay. So you don't want to close that account because that would harm you, and uh, it's it's not what's going to keep the criminal from using your account. Okay. Because the criminal somehow obtained an old number that you is by your telling you hadn't used in four years correct so uh, they were accessing old data who knows where and only if they have some kind of insider giving them live credit card numbers inside the credit card company itself the bank itself right the new number will be the protection you need okay all right and i would tell you this you dodged a bullet because this is Uh, As the scheme of things go, this is extremely minor. Right. But I would encourage you to consider knowing how just out of nowhere somebody can start messing with you, that you consider going through the process of doing a credit freeze. Right. That's what we're we're in the middle of doing. All right. Now, I've got step-by-step at Clark.com slash Equifax some things I want you to do before you freeze your credit with any of the bureaus. Okay. Well, have a great day, and sounds like uh, no harm, no foul here as far as happened to you. The loser in this, in this case, is the credit card company. Tim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tim. Hey, how you doing, Clark? Great. Thank you, Tim. You're pretty nervous about what's going on with the stock market. Yeah, I, I would imagine that there's a lot of people in the same boat nervous about uh Retirement and 401ks and money. Can I ask how far you are from retirement? Are you in it? or what's... Uh, Well, no, I'm 41 right now. Oh. And golly, I'd love to retire when I'm 62, 65. So I got you know, 20 years or so to, to keep saving. And what are you thinking uh, that would be a good idea right now with my, your 401k? My question is I have... Um, I'm contributing 5% to my 401k for my job, and um, my company matches. So I've been at the same job for nine years now, and I only have about 28 grand in there. Now, if the market takes a huge correction, um, and I lose 30 to 40% of that, you think it would be a good idea to take everything out now 
take the 30% penalty and stash it away in a tin can in my backyard. Definitely not. You're only 41 <laughs> years old, and uh, the market goes up on average roughly three and four years. And okay. the market goes up roughly in three and four years because the values ultimately that stocks represent is how well companies do. You know, capitalism is all about enlightened self-interest. Companies figure out how to make a product or service that people want. And that ingenuity leads to greater wealth over time that flows to owners. And when Mm -hmm. you own stock type choices in that 401k, that makes you one of those people. But let's look at it in the shorter term. Let's say the market does tank 30, 40%. And even though that would hurt right now, you're still two decades away from when you'd be using the money. But in the meantime, when you're contributing every pay period, when share prices drop, you're buying more shares of what you hold in there. When the inevitable recovery comes, you end up with more total money than you would have had otherwise. Down markets mid-career give people more money in retirement than up markets do. Do you think it would be a better idea? Right now, I'm in a um, fairly aggressive growth category, and I'm contributing 5%. So maybe get out of that aggressive growth category. and, and um, Well, I'm a big believer a little... in being diversified, appropriate to your age, which would be having money in big company stock fund, maybe a small company stock fund, international stock fund, uh, small percent in bonds, but if you just want to keep it simple, you probably have in that 401k target retirement fund for year 2045, 2050, somewhere in there, which would be appropriate based on your age and when you plan to retire. That would be the easy button. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.